From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. Welcome in, everybody. Happy Friday. You made it. The end of the week is here, and the sports weekend is right around the corner. Hi again. I'm Sean Kelly, and welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. Of note, uh, as we get going today, happy birthday to Lou Schumann. We'll get that out of the way right off the top. Our director of broadcasting is celebrating today, and we're going to celebrate with a great show. Daniel and I have put together something good for you today. I think you're really going to like. We're going to hit both sides of the equation today as the Pelicans host the Thunder tonight. I want to say there's a couple of tickets left for the ball game tonight. I don't know. You might want to give a call, 504-525-HOOP, or check out pelicans.com. You can try and walk up, but I have a feeling by the time we get close to game time tonight, this sucker is going to be sold out tonight. Big-time opponent in here, and hopefully the uh, Pelicans will get back on track in this uh, homestand after dropping a heartbreaker to Dallas two nights ago, 197. With that being said, we'll preview tonight's game with the Thunder, with the voice of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Matt Pinto will stop by today. Also later on in the show, John DeShazer, senior writer from NewOrleansSaints.com, to help us uh, continue our preparations for the Saints and Panthers on Sunday night. It is the marquee matchup and not only in the NFC, but perhaps across the NFL this weekend. And then we'll uh, also get your uh, ball game going uh, with the culinary talents of Brian Landry, the chef over there at Bourne, one of the best restaurants. And uh, he's going to stop by. It's been a little while, but he's going to stop by and uh, share a little something for your tailgating pleasure or something to have at the house if you're watching the game in the uh, comfort of your own living room. Taylor Hicks is in town. All of you American Idol fans will be happy to hear that. He's performing at Harrah's. And uh, he'll stop by. Daniel caught up with him last night, and we'll feature that before we get out of here today. And uh, Zach Streif is our guest. As a matter of fact, I want to get right to that. I hadn't talked to Streif uh, in quite some time, uh, but he is battling through an ankle injury. Things are looking up. I'm hoping that he'll be ready to go for Sunday night against the Panthers. But uh, Streif yesterday in the locker room was in high spirits and uh, laser-like focus with regard to this game. And I think we're finding that around uh, uh, the, the Saints complex uh, in anticipation of Sunday's game that will decide who leads the NFC South going into the last three weeks. Uh, with that, let's get our show started right away. We're not even going to take a quick break. We're going to go right to Zach Streif. Here's my visit with the Saints offensive lineman yesterday in the uh, locker room on Airline Drive. Zach, you guys have done a good job of, of making sure that this team's focused on the task at hand, taking it one week at a time. But i got to tell you, I can, I can sense a difference in, in this week's game or your mindset going into the Carolina game. Am I right here? Do you, is there more of a sense of urgency about this one? I think as a player, you can sense the importance of some games. You can kind of feel the build of some games. Um, this is a big game for us. It's a divisional, divisional opponent. It's at home, and obviously we need to rebound. And, uh, you know, I think uh, you can generally sense that in a locker room. You can feel guys a little more focused, a little more on top of things. I know Coach Payton's message this week was do a little bit more of everything, you know, a little bit more rehab, a little bit more rest, a little bit more study, a little, you know, and 
uh, because this game is a little bit more important. Um, you know, winning the division is our first goal every year. It's a, it's important for us, and um, I think you can sense that in the locker room. Maybe there, maybe it's too cliche. Maybe it's tossed around too much. But this time of year, you start to hear people say, "What well, has a postseason feel to it?" Is that a fair thing this time of year? Does it apply to these games? Um, I'll tell you this. I think it's I think it's hard to recreate a postseason feel in a regular season game. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think you certainly feel the importance of them. Um, at the end of the day, this game is not a loser go home situation, and you can that, that's a different feeling as a, as a player for the team. Um, I do think that you recognize the importance of it. I think you recognize the uh, ability of the team that's coming in, and, and I think that we understand that this team's very capable of beating us at home. Um, and yet, at the same time, we also know how important it is to get this win. It's a big game for us, and. Um, I think that, that that'll be reflected in the game. All right, generally NFL teams play just the once a week. With that being the case, can you can you have a chip on your shoulder from the from the week prior, or does it wear off and does it become a whole new chapter? I think there's a little bit there that, that you can carry on, a little bit of, look, no one's immune. As much as you try to avoid media or the TV or just general people, you know, it's like, you just hear comments during the course of a week, and I think that everyone's a little anxious to kind of say, you know, we're, we're you know, it's, it's weird to be 9-3 and three and say, don't count us out. But after a game like that, that can happen. It can, people can turn on you quickly. And uh, I think that as an offense, you know, we didn't do a good enough job, clearly, in that game. And, and I think that we do have something to prove. I think there's people that, that feel like maybe that's a sign of what's to come, and at the end of the day, that's our responsibility to change that perception. Interesting. All right, so Carolina now. Let's talk about them for a moment. You and the offense have been, I would say, deeply immersed in preparing for their defense. What has made Carolina's defense so good now through the last eight or so games? The front's awfully good. Um, we have two very good defensive ends. Um, they have the rookie inside playing really well. Um, I think Luke Keekley is one of, if not the best, middle linebackers in the game right now. Um, they fly around, a lot of energy. Um, and they're playing with a lot of confidence, which is probably the most underrated aspect of football. Um, when you get on a roll, I mean, we've been on the same deal here. When you get on a roll and you feel like you can beat anyone, it goes a long way, mm-hmm. you know, in this game. And I think they're, I think that's how they are right now, and um, it's a challenge for sure. How's your body? How's that ankle, by the way? It's good. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how everything responds. I was able to uh, do a little bit today, and, um, you know, I think I was pretty fortunate. Um getting away you know how I did and uh, we'll see you know we'll see how it responds as the week goes aside from the ankle can you help fans even understand what it feels like this time of the football year to I don't know get out of bed in the morning Uh, you know it's I think it becomes such a part of your life that you don't realize that it's weird Um, it definitely takes a little more time to kind of get loosened up in the morning and get loosened up for practice and uh, you know look I don't want anyone to feel bad for anybody in this locker room you know this is a a very fortunate thing that we get to do, and, and it's a it's a special thing to be a part of. And part of that is that you're going to have some aches and pains as you go. And you know we are we're five months in at this point of the year when you count preseason and training camp and all those things. And so yeah, it's a grind, um, but it's also the part that I think a lot of guys miss. You miss that kind of that push, that grind at the end of the year. You know, pushing yourself through some things, some injuries, some pain, some aches. Um, so. It's all part of the journey, and I think it's part of a lot of guys enjoy. As always, I enjoy our visits. Thanks, and uh, all the best this weekend. Thanks, appreciate it. 
All right, so we wish Zach and the and the guys a lot of luck for this weekend. It's a matchup of two nine and three ball clubs right there atop the NFC South. Prime time on Sunday night. Don't forget, a little bit later in the show, Chef Brian Landry, Matt Pinto, Taylor Hicks. But up next, John DeShazer stops by, offers his late week thoughts here on the Saints and Panthers in one minute. Make the holiday season extra special for your favorite sports fan by giving the gift of Pelicans basketball. The Pelicans holiday plan presented by Austin Steakhouse is the perfect stocking stuffer. With packages starting as low as $45, you can choose any five games, including the Heat, Thunder, and Clippers. Plus, with every holiday plan purchase, you'll receive a free $25 Austin Steakhouse gift card. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your holiday plan today. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Big show today. As we mentioned, uh, Brian Landry from Bourne will be with us a little bit later. Taylor Hicks on the show today. Matt Pinto, but now uh, John DeShazer, the senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com. Just uh, listen to Zach Streif uh, in the first segment, John. Uh, their, their focus right now is... Um, maybe stronger than I've seen yet this season. I know going to the Seattle game, it was up there, and I know they've done a good job, J.D., of focusing on the game at hand, but I've sensed a difference being around the Saints the last day or two. Are you getting the same vibe? Well, well first of all, I'm you know, pleased to be that clean up at the Taylor Hicks, so I just want that out there first. Yes. But, yeah, these guys are rough. They're a little, uh, they're a little. Uh, I don't want to say on edge. Probably on high alert. Uh, they understand the magnitude of this game. Both teams are nine and three, and this is a game for first place in the division. It's for second place in the conference, and whoever nudges out ahead right here will have, you know, a little bit of breathing room. Not a whole lot, but at least you can kind of exhale. Whereas the guy that loses this game is going to be on even higher alert because you know there's room to be made up if you're going to win the division or if you're going to finish in second place in the standings in the conference. So. Yeah, I would say these guys are on extremely high alert because, uh, you know, that game in Seattle won. You know, they didn't win two. They didn't play particularly well. So, you know, not only do you want to sharpen up your, your performance, but, you, you know, it's, I, I guess it's pretty close, uh, as close to a must-win as you can get in Week 13. It's Friday for you and me. It's Thursday for the Saints as far as their preparation schedule goes. With that being said, though, are there any late-week-here storylines or items of note as we get closer and closer to kickoff with the Panthers? Well, not really. I mean, no developments. I mean, the only thing really is, is you know, the the lateness of the week, how everything got thrown out of whack, you know, coming back from Seattle. But even then, Coach Payton said he had kind of uh, envisioned that, you know, Wednesday would be a day off for the players anyway. And so, you know, you felt like preparation-wise, they'd be a little bit behind. So they're going to go a little bit heavier today and Saturday than they normally would. So that will probably be the only thing that really stand out because from an injury standpoint, I mean, I think the only significant injury right now is safety Raphael Bush, who's been playing a whole lot when, you know, when Roman Harper and Malcolm Jenkins went down. So he's really gotten embedded into the into the packages and the process. 
he's not been able to practice, so he might not be able to play. But Zach Streif, uh, the, the right tackle who injured his ankle against Seattle, and it didn't look good during the game or after the game, but certainly he was able to work limited yesterday, and he believes he's going to be able to play, you mentioned earlier. So now other than that, I think uh, the preparation was, was the main thing, and Coach Payton said he pretty much planned for it, you know, down to even, you know, not being able to get back on time because they were going to take Wednesday off anyway outside of looking at film and, and kind of brushing up on those mistakes. Follow me on this one, and I may lose you, but try and follow me on this one, J.D. Um, it seems like most weeks – this regular season, we've talked about one side of the ball or the other. For example, we've talked about Rob Ryan's defense versus so-and-so's offense. Or on a couple of occasions, we've talked about how will the Saints offense handle the defensive secondary of so-and-so. It seems always it's either one or the other. Here this week, after what happened in Seattle, we've got to talk about a Saints offense against perhaps one of the best defenses in the NFL. And then on the other side of the ball, we've been talking about the Saints' defense having to deal with a guy like Cam Newton. So is this the first time in in some time, or am I not reading this right, that we have to have storylines on both sides of the ball for the Saints? Well, I I saw your break from, and I followed you right on home, baby. You're exactly right. (laughs) Yeah, after, after that game in Seattle, there's a concern on both sides of the ball. I mean, how often do you see the Saints' offense held to 188 yards and seven points? And even more than that, less than 150 passing yards when Drew Brees completes 23 passes out of 38. So how often do you see that? And defensively, you know, they allowed 27 points because there was a defensive touchdown to get it to 34 and allowed, you know, 429 yards. So, you know, all of those are concerns. And the way they allowed those yards against uh, against Seattle, you know, with, with Russell Wilson, you know, rolling out and having his own read and those kinds of things, a quarterback. Well, that's what Cam Newton kind of specializes in. He can do some of those same things. So there's certainly a big concern. And Carolina's defense statistically in terms of points is even better than Seattle. They only allow a little bit more than 13 points a game. That's tops in the NFL. So, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. There's a concern on both sides of the ball for the Saints here. If they want to get a little bit of redemption, they're going to have to do it against a team that, you know, hadn't just won eight in a row but has been, you know, really, really good defensively and has been efficient enough offensively. And, and so you hope, you know, whatever you know, ailments that the Saints had defensively and offensively on Monday night are just kind of aberrations. You don't want those things to, to multiply into, into a several-game period here. My partner John is with us here on the Black and Blue Report. J.D., before I let you go, um, is there a storyline that, that's been overlooked or a factor about Sunday's game that you don't think has been talked about enough? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know that anything's been overlooked, but here's something I don't think you can overcook. I mean, the Saints are a good team at home. They're, they're undefeated at home this year. Uh, since Sean Payton became head coach in 2006, you know, in prime time home games, they're 14 and three and they've won 10 straight. And in those 10 straight, they've outscored teams like 37, 15, an average score of 37, 15. So I don't know if you can overplay that because, you know, these guys seem to get, you know, whatever magic elixir they need or whatever they they have to have, magic potion, you know, water from beautiful Eagle Creek, Daniel, you know, producer Daniel know what I'm talking about right there. So, I mean, whatever it is they do well at home, they do it especially well. So, you know, whatever ailments they usually have, they're able to come home, lick their wounds, and get it together. So it's a prime time game again, and, and you would certainly expect the Saints to put their best foot forward. All right, good point there, partner. All right, so John DeShazer is with the Saints this afternoon over an airline drive as they continue their preparations for Sunday night's kickoff with the Panthers. And then John quickly gets over to the arena tonight to help me out with the broadcast tonight, Pelicans and Thunder. Good work, J.D. I'll see you later tonight. 
Yes, sir, partner. We will do it. All right. We're going to talk football food a little bit later with Chef Brian Landry from Bourne. But we will turn our attention to the Pelicans and the Thunder next. Up here on the Black and Blue Report will be the voice of the Oklahoma City Thunder, Mr. Matt Pinto. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around? We got this. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Tonight, the Pelicans continue their homestand. They got their hands full with a very, very good Oklahoma City Thunder basketball team who rolls in here at 13-4, and four, as we mentioned earlier. And the voice of the Thunder, Matt Pinto, is our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, Matt, we had a nice conversation on your show last night. I thought we'd flip the tables here a little bit today and uh, quiz you a little bit about the Thunder, although there's no quizzing to be had um, this is a team that's off to the same great start they had last year. Yeah, they uh, have certainly changed some pieces, especially on the bench, and have infused some youth into what they're doing. Uh, but I think they're a very talented team, Sean. And at this stage of the season, 17 games in for them, they certainly are not a finished work in progress by any means. They're playing a little bit uneven and inconsistent basketball right now, even given the record. And they want to try and clean that up as best they can and level out some of their play. This is their third game on this road trip, and it's almost been a quarter-to-quarter proposition for them, which is a little unsettling to their head coach, Scott Brooks. What what parts of their game, Matt, are are inconsistent? What, what has been up and down? Uh, live ball turnovers for certain, and I think Russell Westbrook having a bit of lingering rust on his game has been a factor in that. Uh, they have certainly put a premium on moving the ball, facing the floor, making that extra pass, and that's not yet fully in place. They had only 11 assists in losing to Portland two nights ago. So uh, I think those things primarily, they're doing a much better job on the backboard. They're number one in the league in total rebounds gathered. They still on occasion will surrender a cluster of offensive rebounds to the opposition, which extends possessions and compromises their defense and does all those things. So I think those areas primarily, Sean, defensively, they don't deliver what it is they want to if they're not balanced offensively and moving the ball, which uh, one tends to beat the other. Uh, so I, you know, I think you can throw it all in a pot, uh, and you have the end result that shows and reflects the general talent level they have, but they're not playing Thunder-style basketball at a high level consistently right now. Pelicans fans will be anxious to beat the Thunder tonight, but they will enjoy the play of Kevin Durant. You've had a front-row seat through all of this, uh, Matt. Is It seems as he's as efficient as ever with the way that he is uh, scoring the basketball, his his numbers all look great. Is he as steady as you've seen him yet? Well, he's continuing to add elements to his game, which the great ones do. I do 
I don't often use the word great, but with him, it absolutely applies. I think sometimes that because Oklahoma City is a market where the NBA is relatively new, that there's almost a sense of um, not fully embracing or understanding what uh, blessing exists there every night in watching this guy play, along with Westbrook. They're both phenomenal talents. But Kevin had a game um, a couple of games ago at home against Minnesota. We had 32 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds, four steals, and four blocks. It's the first ever such game since they started keeping steals and blocks in the 73-74 season. So that reflects what he's capable of any night and frequently every night because he's leading the league in scoring as uh, he has in the past three times uh, and um, just, you know, setting up teammates, making teammates better around him, uh, which is pretty impressive, the job he's doing. Matt Pinto, voice of the Thunders, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Matt, you guys are coming off of a great game the other night against uh, Portland. The atmosphere was fantastic. And, and here the two top teams in your division now are two of the top three teams in the best conference on the Western side. That's fun to watch. Yeah, it was. Uh, and the teams got after each other as if there was more at stake than just a standard win in December. So, so that was fun as well. And Thunder led by 11 at halftime, and that league quickly dissolved in the third quarter. They just couldn't get a handle gone on LaMarcus Aldridge uh, flattened with Damian Lillard and then high screen and roll, and Aldridge wound up exploding for 26 second-half points. He had 38 for the game, and that, at the end of the day, separated the two teams. But all of that said, even though they didn't defend the way they wanted to in the second half, they had the ball with 40 seconds left down by one with a chance to potentially steal it and had Kendrick Perkins call for a moving screen, and that pretty much sewed it up after Nicholas Batum uh, hit a three-pointer with 29 seconds left and the Trailblazers went on to win by seven. But it was a game that absolutely could have gone either way and was an outstanding atmosphere and, as you say, really featured two teams that are playing in general at a really high level. Yeah, the Thunder have won eight of their last nine coming into tonight. So, Matt, before I let you go, uh, as you open your broadcast tonight, give me the storylines that you'll present to your listeners this evening regarding this matchup in particular with New Orleans. Well, I think, I think from the Thunder standpoint, they want to cap this road trip with a success, realizing they have Indiana at home Sunday and then two more road games after that. It's, uh, the, the different oddities um, and oddities of the schedule as it unfolds in the NBA. But from their perspective, they want to come back strong defensively after what happened in the second half against Portland on Wednesday. And they've got to do a good job tonight containing, uh, in essence, uh, the head of the snake for the Pelicans, and that's the Drew Holiday, not allowing him dribble penetration and making certain they can get to shooters like Gordon and Ryan Anderson and uh, Morrow off the bench uh, and maintain their composure on the offensive end. Don't uh, have a lot of live ball turnovers because when that happens, as you know, the Pelicans are accelerating their pace and get out and run and whatever talent advantage the Thunder have gets negated if they allow that to happen tonight. It could be a fan's delight tonight. I think two teams that really get up and down, Matt. Uh, you know, if you like scoring and multi or excuse me, high possession affairs, this one's all for you, isn't it? Absolutely. And uh, that's the way the Thunder excel is when they have Ibaka blocking a shot or uh, getting a, a defensive rebound and outletting the ball quickly. And Westbrook's a one-man fast break. Jackson's become more of that if he's more assertive now than he's ever been as a player. And, uh, again, I think they recognize that the Pelicans' uh, game now is getting up and down the court. So which team gets back in transition, which minimizes mistakes that create odd-number 
uh, scenarios uh, the other way, I think, winds up emerging tonight. I think it'll be a terrific game. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I am, too. I hope you got a good meal while you're in New Orleans and enjoy the uh, 70s because, Matt, I think that you already know that when you land tonight in Oklahoma City, it'll be about 15 degrees, what I understand. So 15 degrees and at least six inches of snow have fallen already and more is coming this afternoon. So, assuming, Sean, we land in Oklahoma City tonight. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll keep you company, though, if you have to stick around. I appreciate the visit, Matt. Sounds I can't good. wait to see you later tonight. Sounds good. Uh, my pleasure, Sean. Uh, I, I look forward to it as well. All right. Matt Pinto, Voice of the Thunder, here with us on the Black and Blue Report. And we're back in just a quick timeout. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well... Tonight, we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We've got basketball tonight, football this weekend, home football this weekend, even better. Uh, and um, not to get too far off topic here, but the other day I'm out and about, and somebody told me that they thought that Bourne uh, had the best happy hour going. And that reminded me that I hadn't had Chef Brian Landry on in quite some time. And with the home football this weekend, Brian, I thought we'd have you back here on the Black and Blue Report to perhaps um, try and top your last outing with us and uh, offer up something for Saints fans to prepare uh, either at home or at their tailgate for this weekend's big, big, big football game against Carolina. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. How are things at Bourne, by the way? Doing really well. It's the middle of busy season. Lots of people going to Pelicans games and Saints games. It's been been a couple good months for us. You know, you guys are right there. It seems that you're one of the more convenient places for uh, Saints and Pelicans fans, being at the Hyatt and all. Exactly. It's just a block away. A lot of people come in, uh, and happy hour works out. You know, you're either attending happy hour before the Pelicans game, or we run happy hour at Saints game, too. So you either catch it as you're going into a night game or walking out of a day game. So either way, you're going to win. Before we get to the tailgating recipe, I, I saw you at the arena here. I guess it was probably a week or two ago. You were running around with your hair on fire. Are you? Do you have a hand in some of the stuff that's going on here at the arena as well, Brian? We do. We uh, we do a couple of action nights in the Capital One Club, and so we end up catering for about 400 people a couple of times a year, uh, which yeah, it can keep me a little busy. Oh wow! I gotta figure out. Okay, when you're gonna be in next? I gotta I gotta hit in on that a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chef Brian Landry's with us from Bourne, and uh, so with the home football game this weekend, I'm in the mood. So, uh, Brian, can you help us uh, with something uh, either from your own personal files or from those at Bourne as far as something that would really knock our socks off for either tailgating Sunday or uh, to prepare at home to watch the game in the comfort of our own uh, uh, living room? 
I think what we're going to talk about today is going to be making some dissolving catfish sliders. Um, really? One of the things we do, we try and buy all of our seafood locally. And so the Zalman's catfish is a wild-caught catfish from Louisiana, and I think it's some of the best catfish available. And so one of the things we do at Bourne all the time, especially for happy hour, we make these little catfish sliders. And we cut up our catfish into uh, little nuggets and make a little um, cornmeal batter for it and fry it up and put it on little slider buns. And there's just a couple of quick little things we do, I think, that make it a little um, different and make it uh, a little over the top. And one of the things we do is in the crust for our cat for our catfish, we actually mix yellow cornmeal with flour and cornstarch. And that cornstarch helps make that crust super crisp. And it's a nice little trick you can do at home. How much cornstarch are we talking about here, Brian? So, so the ratio we do, we call it's easy to remember. We call it three to one, with three parts all-purpose flour, two parts yellow cornmeal, and one part cornstarch. And when you mix those three together, you get the nice crunched grit from the yellow cornmeal. The all-purpose flour helps it adhere to the fish. And then that corn starch makes it crazy crispy. Wow, cool. How do you dress this thing? So what we do it here at Bourne is we make a homemade tartar sauce, which I'm sure everybody has their, their favorite tartar sauce uh, recipe at home. Um, we add a little capers and fresh dill to ours, but it's basically a, a house-made mayo with lemons, green onions, parsley, all the usual suspects. And then we add a little bit of Worcestershire and Tabasco to ours. And then another thing you can do, and this is something you can make in big batches and have it as an available condiment um, year-round, we make a little green tomato chow-chow. And it's basically just pickled vegetables um, and a really simple pickling liquid. Because I know some people think, oh, making pickles is so hard so time-consuming, but we try to keep things a little simpler. If you just do one part water, one part sh- sugar, and one part rice wine vinegar, it's a crazy easy pickling liquid. Um, and then you can add whatever. If you like it spicy, you can add red chili flakes. You can add a, a easily pick up a little jar of pickling spice at the grocery store. Um, and so we make this really simple pickling liquid season it up with our spices, and then all it is is green tomatoes, green cabbage, onion, and bell pepper. And you can it only takes about 20, 30 minutes to make, and then you can jar it up, put it in a Ziploc, put it in a little uh, Tupperware container, and it'll, it'll hold in a refrigerator for weeks. And so we put that green tomato chow chow, which is nice and uh, crispy and uh, a little bit acidic with that crunchy, crunchy catfish, and then the tartar sauce all on the slider bun. Sounds complicated, but it's really not. No, it doesn't. It sounds perfect. And, of course, I probably won't have uh, access to this in the Superdome press box on Sunday, but I'm hoping I'm hoping Saints fans will gobble this one up. This is a nice twist. Well done. Yeah. Well done. 
Oh, oh, is there? A, and I may not be in your in your wheelhouse on this one. Is there something in particular you like to drink with this? Is there a, as they say in the business, a pairing with this that's coming to mind? Uh, I mean, typically fried catfish, a nice ice cold beer. Um, one of my favorites to go with this is a Vita Golden. It's All a right. little lighter than some of their other beers, like Amber Turbo Dog. People are probably really really familiar with, but I think the Abita Golden and this fried catfish slider perfect fan good stuff good stuff i know you're a busy man i appreciate your time today brian thank you for having me all right we're going to add this to the file and then we'll pick you back up there's one more home game before the playoffs i think we should probably do this again i hope you'll agree to that i definitely will all right chef brian landry everybody from over there at Bourne. great place for happy hour game day and of course uh if you follow the black and blue report on a regular basis You may sneak in a freebie there from Brian as well, so that's a good thing. All right, gang, we'll be back with more. We're getting close to wrapping up here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll do that here shortly. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue, congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Just about to wrap things up here on this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Special thanks, of course, to Zach Street, John DeShazer, Matt Pinto today, Chef Brian Landry. But before we get out of here, Daniel Salerson had the honor yesterday of visiting with American Idol winner Taylor Hicks. He's in town this week performing at Harris. He's a big sports fan, a son of the South, as they say. So that should tell you already where his allegiances lie and uh, his sports preferences reside. And uh, so here last evening... Daniel Salerson with Mr. Taylor Hicks. All right, Sean. Well, Taylor Hicks was a Season 5 winner of American Idol, and uh, he's also a very busy guy. The first Idol winner winner to secure a long-term residency in Las Vegas where he puts on a great show at the Paris. He's also performing tonight and tomorrow at our good friends at Harrods, Harrods New Orleans. He's also attending the Saints-Panthers game on Sunday. Taylor, I just got very tired running through all the things you do. You are one busy guy. Well, I appreciate it. It's always great to be back in New Orleans. I've got, you know, some a great bond with the city. And, uh, you know, I actually got to uh, Las Vegas out of Hurricane Katrina to try out for American Idol. And uh, a year later, I was Grand Marshal of Endymion. So I've really got some great ties to the city. And, uh, you know, I, I consider one of this my uh, almost a second home. You know, I try to get down here as much as possible. Now you picked a you picked a good game to go to this uh, weekend. Saints Panthers both at nine and three. Uh, being a Saints fan, what have you seen from this team so far? Very a very good start uh, so far to the season. I I think they're the best offense in the league. Um, you know, I just think it's gonna. You know, obviously, every, all of us Saints fans are you know wondering what what we what, what they're gonna do on the on the road, what we can do on the road. But I think as far as 
you know, just taking care of business at home. I mean, obviously you got to do that. I think if we could just squeak out a couple of road wins, I think that uh, I think we'll we'll take home field advantage and, and move move in the playoffs pretty well. No, I'm sure you've sung the national anthem at numerous sporting events. How does that compare to uh, an instance performing at a concert? Well, you know, doing the anthem is is something that um, you know, I, I really take pride in because uh, I, I like to sing it straight and. I've done it numerous times at a lot of different sporting events, and um, you know it's it's a great song to sing. It's one of the scariest songs to sing because it, it, if you mess up one word, you're an instant YouTube hit for all the wrong reasons. Now, uh, do you have a particular event that are um, that you remember the most about singing the national anthem? Does one stick out to you of one that's been really cool for you? You know, what's interesting is I I actually sang the national anthem at the. Philadelphia Minnesota game at the uh, I think it was the uh, it was the divisional playoff uh, it was a divisional championship game up there and um, you know it was uh, walking out on that field and being a part of the Metrodome it was a really loud stadium that that's a uh, that was probably the toughest place to sing uh, to sing the anthem um, but you know I, I love you know when I get all you know obviously requested to do it. Um, I jumped at the chance because I like it. I think it's a good payback for me as an entertainer for my country, and uh, it's also good for the fans too. Now the Superdome is much louder than the Metrodome, I assume. Correct? <laughs> yes, ten times. <laughs> also, growing up in Alabama, uh, I'm sure you're an Alabama football fan. Are you Alabama, Auburn, or just rooting for Alabama football teams in general? You know, what's funny is I I don't think I would have half of my fan base in Alabama if I picked either side. So I. <laughs> I usually like to go with uh, with I'm an SEC fan, but you know I like I like both schools. I, I was very hard at work. I actually uh, attended Auburn University, and um, you know I, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm proud of, of that team for sure. And obviously, you know Alabama being ten and one, uh, you know. And if I wasn't an in, if I didn't if I wasn't an Alabamian, I'd be an LSU fan. For sure. All right, very safe answers. I like it, Taylor. Now, I'm guessing then you watched the Iron Bowl. How how about the finish in that game? Yeah, you know, it's funny. You know, a lot of people are, you know, uh, dissecting every play, you know, a call, um, you know, an offensive call, this and that. I mean, it comes down to, you know, your last play of the game. And, you know, obviously, you know, the Auburn coaching staff, you know, were coached right up till the end of the game, and and I think prepared better uh, for you know what the outcome ultimately of that game was than Alabama. And you know, you had one of the best kick returners in the in the country back there, possibly fielding a field goal that he could run back, and and look what happens. History. Yeah, un- unbelievable game. Now let's go to your music for a second. I understand your first country album is coming out next year. What 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 made you decide to do a country album? Well, you know what's funny is that you know, growing up here in the South, I mean, you're not far from country. I mean, I've I played every you know uh, country bar and, and roadhouse from you know down here to the Panhandle to uh, you know up in a, uh, you know up in Alabama and Tennessee, and it, it's not far from my uh, from my roots. I mean, I grew up as a roots-oriented musician. Obviously, it'll be on the soulful side of right. country, but really looking forward to uh, releasing some new music after the first of the year. 
We're talking with Taylor Hicks, season five winner of American Idol. He's also performing at uh, Harrah's New Orleans tonight and tomorrow night. He'll also be attending the Saints game on Sunday. For the fans who are uh, going to the concert or want to go to the concert this weekend, what can they expect from you? Some country songs, um, some of your um, older stuff. What can they expect from this weekend's concert? You know, I, I, I look at it as, you know, obviously some songs off of American Idol, songs off of my past records, a, a couple of new ones, and, you know, maybe a two, maybe a Christmas song or two. So, uh, you know, I love performing. I love performing music. It's it's, it's my forte. And, uh, I'm, you know, to be able to do it at Harrah's here in New Orleans, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing. Now, how can uh, fans get tickets for it? Can they go on their website to get tickets? Where's the best place for them to grab some for uh, Friday or Saturday? You can go to, you can, you know, HarrisNewOrleans.com. Uh, obviously, I'm on Twitter, uh, Taylor Hicks, uh, at Taylor Hicks, TaylorHicks.com. Obviously, my website you can go to, and uh, um, you, you can find tickets. And, and I'm just, you know, thrilled to be in town, and especially in town for a big game like Carolina and New Orleans. Now I'm going to put you on the spot then. Prediction for Sunday's huge divisional matchup. I think New Orleans wins 28-24. to 24. All right, we're going to have you back on if you get that prediction right, just, uh, just to give you some <laughs> I'd props I'd love to there. come back on. Taylor Hicks, thank you so much. You can catch Taylor at Harris New Orleans tonight and tomorrow starting at 8 p.m. Um, Taylor, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the Black and Blue Report, and uh, have fun at the game and have fun at your concert this weekend. I appreciate that. Who dat? Who dat, absolutely. Now back to the guy who has no singing talent. Sean, take it away. All right, Daniel, thanks, I think. But, no, so true. That's, that's for sure. Uh, there'll be no singing on the program from this guy. Taylor Hicks in town to perform, and uh, certainly we like to lighten things up here on a Friday a little bit, so we appreciate him stopping by. All right, great show, and thanks again for joining us. Don't forget to help us spread the word. The Black and Blue Report is the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. It can be found for free on iTunes. It's available on your desktop at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com and also on the two-team apps as well. Don't forget, if you have not downloaded that Pelicans app yet, you want to do that. It's just as good as the Saints app, and it's the perfect in-game companion and, of course, black and blue vehicle. Yes, you can get the Black and Blue Report easily each day through the Pelicans app, just as you can with the Saints app. Lots to do this weekend. I'll see you on the radio tonight as the Pelicans welcome in the Thunder. We'll see you online on Sunday from the Saints-Panthers games at Mercedes-Benz Superdome and then back here on the Black and Blue Report on Monday. That'll do it for this week's show. We hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you later on this weekend. Go Saints, go Pels. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. 